Well, welcome everybody to the Blah Valve podcast. We're your host, Alex and Tucker. And sorry we missed you last week. It was a crazy week, and partly because Tucker's uh, the area around his house looks like a construction yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as usual. Quite, quite a bit going on. Um, so uh, you know, we're not going to catch up too much on on the uh, on the GP. Uh, we'll probably get back to F1 next week with uh, the Silverstone Grand Prix in in Great Britain. Which is on a, you know obviously a very fun historic race, so mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun. And with Mercedes seeming to get some form back, hopefully it'll give a chance for uh, Lewis and George yeah. to be with the Red Bulls. But we wanted to focus instead on a couple of fun events this weekend. Um, one, a local event, and, and the second, a, a pretty well well acclaimed, well known national uh, international event. Um, but this weekend. Uh, just outside uh, the Twin Cities was a really big uh, Porsche-only show in in a town called Roseville uh, that myself and our buddy Dave uh, kind of caravaned up to. You, unfortunately, were <laughs> busy with the construction yard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Moving piles of dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fun in its own way. Yeah, that's uh, my pastime. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was apparently it is the biggest all poor show in upper midwest and um, yeah according to the organizers they were saying that this is probably the biggest year they've ever had wow uh, in terms of so it was (laughs) it was really interesting so it was held at this park that had a really big parking lot um but then it, there were so many cars that they had them like parking basically in a field (laughs) oh wow so how many like ballpark? Let me see. There were probably, I would guess, at least there were well over two hundred cars. Wow. That's probably a very low estimate. I'm guessing. Wow, that is impressive. If and I mean, cars were coming and going a bit, but I, yeah, I'm guessing yeah, yeah. if you added them all up, you were probably. Yeah, I bet there were over. I bet there were over three hundred cars. Wow. Ultimately, very cool. And, and that was just a ten. That was just well, people displaying. That wasn't just. Yeah. There was also so outside the park, it was people were parking on either side of the of the, the road, um, yeah. just to come and you know because it was a car show basically. It wasn't like a PCA yeah. members meetup. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the and the thing is, you know, when you would when we bend other cars and coffee up there, you know, you'll have kind of sections of you know unique right. imports, and then there right. will be like an entire row of, of Porsches. Porsches, like. Yeah, the entire scope of the lot. Yeah, so, it's I mean, one of the things a, I, I, I love about the brand is the people. Yeah, I agree. The people, you know, yeah, you've got people that will buy a Porsche because they want to say they own a Porsche or you know brag, brag yeah. that they own. But a lot of people are just truly like enthusiasts, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just out of curiosity, um, before you dive in, I'm just curious. Yeah. Did you did you see any Taycans up there? So it's really interesting. The only Tycon I saw was one. So there was a, there were a few like vendors there, including like yeah. the, the dealers up in the Twin Cities. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of the dealers had. That's a, interesting. A, a, a Genshin Blue Tycon. Okay. okay. I think it was a 4S. 4S. So um, this is interesting to me because, mm-hmm. you know, we, I, I remember last fall, I wrote up to you with cars and coffee um, mm-hmm. in the nine eleven, right. And 
was was thinking to myself like oh there'll be a you know probably a, a yeah a bevy of tycons because i mm-hmm. know there's a bunch up there i mean they are doing service mm-hmm. on them and stuff so the reason i find this interesting is it's either i think people and i, I guess i'll stereotype a little bit te- maybe there's like owners who have purchased the tycon who are just maybe more techie, more EV oriented. And they're like, "Eh, I don't really care about those events. And so they don't go or the other group of people are, well, I've got a nine 11 and I've got my four S because I'm, you know, a Porsche Mm -hmm. maniac and I'm going to drive the nine 11 to this thing and not take the Tycon. I think you're a hundred percent right. I think, I think there, there are, there's two different, there's the people that want a fast EV and they don't want a Tesla. And, yeah. But they're, they're kind of brand agnostic otherwise. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, they would switch if there was something like cooler looking or faster. Exactly. Wasn't <laughs> exactly. Like, like to them, it was, you know, it, they bought a Taycan because the Audi e-tron GT was not yet. You know, like, yeah. like they, they wouldn't have cared between the yeah. two. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely those people, and and I don't think those people are members of of PCA, and they're probably not coming yeah. to a, a Porsche show. But yeah, I think I mean, there is a contingent of the latter yeah, category. Yeah. Where I'm I love my you know I love my Taycan, but this is a PCA meetup where yeah. we're celebrating. You and, know, yeah, and, yeah, heritage, and I, I heritage. So I'm gonna bring my eighty-five yeah. nine eleven out. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, well, I, was I think. Curious, because I yeah, I think I you're. Kinda, I think you're spot on. I've been to a, enough of these at this point, and I've noticed that 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 I do think you know me showing up in mine would actually be like, oh, that's actually kind of unique. There's not really any yeah. of those here. <laughs> well, yeah, it would no. Originally, expect that at all. I think I think you'd get you know honestly, I think you'd get a ton of looks because it's funny you know you go to it and. The spectrum, and I'll t- I'll kind of talk about it mm-hmm. more. But the spectrum of cars was phenomenal. But if you looked at like the cars with the fewest number of examples, you know, sure. you had multiple nine nine three turbos, nine six four turbos. There were two other GT three RSs there besides mine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you actually would have had one of the rarest cars there in terms <laughs> of representation. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's cool. Um, Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, the, the turnout was massive. Um, you know, it's always, it's always interesting to me, like every PCA event I've been to is, it's a, you know, it, it's an interesting variety of people. You have like, you have some younger folks with some, you know, like there were a couple of really cool modified nine six fours. Um, oh, cool! Kind Very of neat. not singer, but kind of that outlaw yeah. style um, that were really cool. Owned by like you know young nice nice dudes um, that I chatted with a little bit, and then you have like you know the folks in their seventies, you know, sitting by their their you know nine eleven they've had since new you know or dating yeah, or since yeah, new. Uh, yeah that's cool. and everything in between so it's a really cool spectrum um and the cars really reflected that kind of spectrum of of interest and style and age um mm-hmm. when we and and there were some stars of the show which i'll get to but uh 
so the the theme of the store of the uh, event this year was kind of celebrating the anniversary of the Boxster. And oh, cool. so right. yep. our buddy Dave, who has yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, a nine eleven yeah. and he's got uh, a Cayman, which is you know obviously kind of the, mm-hmm. the coupe version of the Boxster. So he decided to bring his Cayman, and there was a really cool representation of, of Boxers and Caymans there. Kind of Very every nice. variant they had, the, the twenty twelve Cayman R, which was a really rare oh, car. Cool. Yeah, so that was yeah. cool. There was a, a black one there. Um, there were quite a few GTSs like Dave's. There was a GT, you know, a GT4, a couple 718 Spiders. They had a beautiful, the same dealer that was selling the Taycan had mm-hmm. a Genshin Blue 718 Spider with, with gold oh, orum nice. wheels. Oh, Very man, it cool. was stunning. And you know, honestly, I mean, this will sound like a, and it is a lot of money, but for the market, they were selling this for like 157 which I thought mm-hmm. for a 718 Spider, well optioned, was actually made me think like maybe the market yeah. is cooling off a bit because like that those are still hard to come by yeah i i agree i think the market is probably cooling off i think we are on like maybe the top of the roller coaster just kind yeah. of starting to tilt downward I, I was um, you know to... give it six to eight months we may be more like oh yeah yeah that that yeah. happened several months ago i i agree i think right now where we're at because I've seen in, in cars, I've been kind of watching it at some specialty dealerships, um, you know, whereas like it didn't seem like they could keep anything in inventory for more than a week. I'm seeing yeah. stuff start to sit. And I think yeah. we're in kind of a tweener period where sellers still want to get what they were trying to get six months ago. A couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And buyers are not wanting to pay that because now they're they're getting six and a half percent interest on their loans. Yeah, and that's see and that's one of the the pieces of this puzzle. Um, you know, okay, obviously I would love to be, you know, a cash buyer, but as a young right. guy early on in my career, that ain't happening. So right. you know, interest rates they do affect they matter my calculus for whether I'm going to buy something or not. And I think there's obviously there's, you know, the baby boom generation, which is a lot of people. And so you got probably a lot of people that are cash buyers, but they're not, it's not an infinite pool. I think Mm -hmm. the majority of people tend to purchase these things, at least portions of them with uh, some degree of financing. So I think that, I think that that just invariably will cool things because, um, but here's the the issue, right? I mean, these things are expensive. Yeah, they are expensive vehicles. And I honestly, and, I think part of why they've gone up in price to some degree, or at least the asking price, is because the sellers, the dealerships, etc., knew that cash was cheap, so they yes, could get exactly. away with charging. So it's yeah. easy to do that. And I and I think that if you were to look at a nine eleven and you know, we're physicians. So you look at our purchasing power back in the nineties compared to mm-hmm. what it is today. I think right. that's completely inverted. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people's purchasing power has, has probably been eroded and the products themselves are more expensive and yeah. they probably got more expensive because it was like, well, hell money's cheap. So money's cheap. As we've got, as you, you know, want. We've got 80 month financing. Yeah. Yeah. We've got <laughs> yeah. crazy financing now. 150 months. I don't even know yeah. <laughs> what's out there now. Well, and there was, you know, the rise of not to get too off topic, but there was the rise of these, um, 
loan companies that specialized in collector and exotic car loans and basically That's true. basically will give you a loan 120 month loan or 144 month loan because wow. yeah, you yeah, want yeah, that yeah. $350,000 yeah. for oh, free. God. I bet that you know? the rate on that's got to be brutal. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but, you know, so the one thing of the things, one of the things I think will be interesting here is you've got not again, not to get off subject, but I just, I just, this thought occurred to me and I think there's some truth in it. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if there will be a little bit of a, some degree of an avalanche where people are like, I really want the money that I know I could have got four months ago. And they're mm-hmm. like, I got an offer, but it's not what I want. So I'm going to hold. And then another two, three months go by. And then a collective portion of those people are like, oh shit, like it is going down. It is cooling. And then there's some kind of little bit more fire sailing to try to move stuff because they kind of, because we've just, we've just all been on the same uh, hamster wheel, it feels like for the past two years. And so I assume you know, some collective decision-making will get made in in like the same sequence and that, and that we might see a little bit of an avalanche where it's like, Oh, all of a sudden the the used car prices really kind of, you know, drop a little bit to some degree. Yeah. I think, I think the market is going to have that adjustment where people need to get out of the car that they're trying to sell and they're eventually going to have to come down on their price. Yeah. Realize like the market has, but readjusted has corrected, yeah. 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 So, so at this show, were was anybody like selling? There were people. So there were a couple just, cars. There were a couple private. You know, like sales. I said, there was, there was the stand. You know, where the dealers had a few cars that were for sale. But then there were a few cars that you know they would have. So a lot of the attendees would have like a sheet that they put on their dashboard that said like, you know the the model of the car and maybe some interesting details about it. And a few of the people would put like for sale or they would have, you know, a little sticker on their window. that said like for sale with a cell phone number, you know, contact number. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't, I didn't see a ton of that. I, I think it was, okay. you know, a lot of largely it was just bring it out, have some fun. Um, yeah. And, and there was a, a a huge swath of cars. So when we pulled in, the first thing that caught my eye, and I, I assume they're the same owner. I never saw anyone kind of loiter, loitering around them to, to ask, mm-hmm. like, oh, is this yours? And talk to them. But there was a a white 911R, 991 oh, cool. 911R. Yeah, you sent. I think that's I sent one. you the picture of that one. Yeah, yeah. That, that um, was sick. And, <laughs> right, and so for those of you that don't know what a 911R is, basically – it was a 991.1 uh, GT3 RS touring, essentially. It was, <laughs> it, it was a manual, which you couldn't get an RS in a manual. That's awesome. That's and awesome. it didn't have the big wing. So it was much more like incognito. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very they, rare. Yeah, they, they didn't make a bunch of them. Those. And they're worth quite yeah. a bit of money. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, but right next to it, the reason I say I think it was the same owner is because the color scheme was the same. Was a white with green uh, yeah, lettering yeah, and decals. Was, was, Nine, 1973 Carrera RS. That which was really I, cool. Based, based on the 911R being there, I'm guessing the RS was real yeah, and not probably, a, a, an old, you know, a clone, yeah. essentially. 
Um, which assuming it was real, that was the second most expensive car there. Uh, (laughs) And it was, but it was stunning. That is Um, what we gravitate to. Like, Oh my God, look at that thing. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was stunning. But I mean, like I said, there was every generation of nine 11. There were a couple of nine twelves. There were, there were a few different 356 coupes, a couple of 356 speedsters that were beautiful. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the photos again that you sent. The craziest <laughs> car there actually um, was uh, a, a, and this is a, a real a real one, a Porsche 550 RS Spider that had race history. It competed at Watkins oh, Glen, very nice Daytona. And I mean, I, I don't even know how much that thing, it's in the multiple millions of dollars. I'm not sure how much that would be worth. Like those cars are, are crazy, crazy rare because they were race cars. So they got crashed. They got, you know, yeah. basically tossed in the junkyard once they were done racing. Salvage. <laughs> right. So, you know, those cars are just not around anymore. So an actual 550 RS is just like, I, you see, you know, they, they make, um, like the same company that is making our Speedster replica makes 550 replicas. So you see them, but you kind of just always assume they're replica. Kind of like when you see a Shelby Cobra running around, you're like, oh, it's got to be a replica. Yeah. Um, so it was cool, like, because yeah. the owner put, um, you know, the make and model, and then he put, like, the entire race history, like where it raced, how it finished, like third at Daytona, second at Watkins Glen, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that was amazing. Very um, cool. Yeah, it that's was kind of like that's kind of like the um, you know the 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 going to church. Yeah, you know, was. for 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 those of us who are who follow motorsports and are interested in motorsports, mm-hmm. you it, know, it's, to it's amazing history. Yeah, exactly. You kind of get to reach out, interact with it, see it. What a well, what a treat! You know, cars of that era. You look at it and you say, "Oh my god, I can't believe someone had the balls to race this thing." Yeah. You know, it's. <laughs> It's essentially just a little aluminum body. <laughs> it's know. got a it's got a little seat with a lap belt. And you're like, these guys are flying around, you know, doing 160 miles an hour. Yeah, it just Yeah, know. I have to assume back then it was it was just like this is state of the art. Right. And it doesn't get it any was. better. And you're like, okay, well that's this is as safe as it gets. It <laughs> was now we look back and it's like, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, you, you see cars like that and you 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 understand why the racers of the time yeah. didn't want to wear seat belts because they'd rather be thrown clear yeah. of the car than <laughs> get stuck in it in an accident. Um so yeah. Uh, but it was amazing. I mean, it was such a fun, yeah. fun day, and to top it all off, yeah. it was like seventy two and sunny, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to have a little bit of a break from the heat up here. Um, mm-hmm. I actually kind of thought to myself walking around, and I don't even want to say this because we just had a god-awful winter. Mm-hmm. I was like, these temperatures remind me of fall now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we're getting back into the 80s quickly, but it was. I think yeah, we had yeah. rain yesterday. I think it cooled things off a little bit and made for yeah. an absolutely beautiful day today. So, you know, shout out to the Nordstern division of the of the Porsche Club of America. It was a wonderful event. The, there were a ton of volunteers there that were getting everybody, you know, in quickly. There were no, I never saw like big lines to get into the parking area or anything like they were very efficient. It was really impressive. So that's um, good. So I look forward to next year's event. Um, and, uh, and hopefully the only thing that I was expecting to see a GT2 RS there 
I was hoping the guy with the singers showed up. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the only other cars that I wanted to see that did not show up, at, and I'm assuming they're up in the cities. Uh, I've never seen them, but I, there was no Carrera GT there, and there was no 918 Spider there. Um, Interesting. Huh. So you know, but Must have been those are the kind of cars that you know maybe <laughs> yeah, like maybe you know maybe they don't want to come out. You know, those are big money cars, and anytime you come yeah. to a show in a you know a car worth that kind of money, maybe you're you're a little uncomfortable and you know yeah. not wanting to get looked at or whatever. I don't. Who knows? But yeah. Who knows? Other than I that, it was a know. you know name name the name this name the generation of nine eleven, and they had it. And so it was, it was pretty phenomenal. That's cool. Uh, so you know, from our little little fun local event, we wanted to also kind of touch on a, a really uh, amazing international motorsport uh, and car event happening in England. Uh, the Goodwood Festival of Speed was this weekend, which for those of you that don't know, it's a really interesting event. It's uh, basically, it was started, so Goodwood was kind of a historic uh, kind of motor racing circuit that was on the grounds of Goodwood House in, in uh, West Sussex, England. Yeah, and and if you've ever raced it in like Gran Turismo, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind it's of a pain tough. in the ass. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially a hill climb. Yeah, um, exactly. But the cool thing about the hill climb is that the hill is essentially the guy's driveway. <laughs> and so, um, so, but it's it's gone from being a fairly small event. It was, it was kind of started in the early 90s by Lord March and has expanded since then. Uh, and now it's, it's really a, a cornerstone of, of the kind of car season uh, or car scene each year because as we've kind of experienced the decline of traditional auto shows like the Geneva Auto Show, Detroit, LA, New York Auto Shows, um, and manufacturers have not wanted to really fight for, you know, publicity at those sort of events. We've seen kind of events like the Goodwood Festival of Speed, Monterey Car Week um, kind of rise in terms of... Um, the public's you know notoriety as well as the manufacturer's interest in debuting new cars there because I think because you can de- debut them dynamically. So that's true. At the, yeah. At this year's uh, Goodwood Festival Speed, there were a lot of cars that were debuting. Um, one of which was the Porsche 963, which is the new um, uh, LMDH uh, hypercar category entrant um, for Le Mans next year, as well as other endurance racing. And then the the M4 wagon, uh, M3, I'm sorry, the M3 wagon uh, from BMW debuted as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the 963 I wanted to touch on because it's it's really cool. Um, so obviously, you know, yeah, the, the name is evocative because you had the Porsche 962, which was obviously dominant in its era. Um, and these are there's factory supported racing teams. Um, but also they're being sold to customers. And the first customer car is actually going to JD Miller Motorsports, which is based in Minnesota. So there's kind of a fun it's Minnesota wild. connection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how the hell did they pull that I, off? I don't know. I don't know. There's <laughs> there's a couple there's a couple of Porsche-centric motorsports teams. There's 311 Motorsports here in the Twin Cities, actually. Uh, they campaign a, a GT3 endurance car as well. Cool. Um, so... The, the 963 is essentially like an LMP2 style car um, that uh, is being sold, as I said, to privateers for, I think it's $2.9 um, It's a twin turbo V8 uh, hybrid. 
and makes about 900 and, uh, or sorry, 680 horsepower. What's cool about it is basically you buy the car and like new parts and, and tires and stuff, obviously are going to cost you money, but Porsche supplies like mechanics at all the races you go to. Um, and they'll basically kind of look after the car. And then if you, if you need parts, you're going to pay for them to be replaced. But yeah, of course, takes care of kind of the expertise side of things, which is really cool. Very neat. Um, and yeah, they've it's said super, it's super cool looking. It's it is really cool looking, and I, I it's one of these cars that I think you know part of for me of like the the what makes so many of the Le Mans cars and endurance cars memorable is the different liveries. Um, yeah, and I think it's yeah. going to be a car that'll take a livery really well. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. So it's. It's exciting, and it also, you know, there. The thought is that a lot of these hypercar entrants are going to have a corresponding kind of road car homologation variant uh, eventually, and so huh. you know, a lot of That'd people. Be are, curious. Yes, that's that was part of the excitement of the hypercar class when it was created. Is is people were like, oh, okay, you've got BMW putting in a car, Porsche, Ferrari, like, does that mean we're going to get some new halo cars from these companies soon? And I think that we will. Um, so that's really exciting too. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Um, and then, as I said, the, the BMW M3 wagon, uh, was debuted here, which I is really bittersweet because I think it looks super rad, (laughs) but, uh, we don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So they're not bringing it to the U S which, it's kind of like when we had the conversation about, you know, the RS six and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure every one of the allocations that have come over the United States, you know, has been sold. I don't, I don't think they're like sitting on dealer lots, dealers complaining that we can't get rid of them. Right. But I think, I think obviously they analyze the market and 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 that made the most sense to bring that over. But I just feel like the RS4 would have been the better ticket for I know a little bit more like approachable. And and right. and and having seen the what I presume is the success of the RS6, I would mm-hmm. I hoped that BMW would would have looked at that and said, "Hey, let's let's go for it. Let's uh, bring right. this car over here." And, so I was and, looking at, at why they didn't do that. And apparently mm-hmm. it was so to to bring it to the US, they would have had to, since they changed they changed enough about the car that they would have had to go through a lot of the mm. crash sessions, crash testing and stuff again. Sure. Which they said that basically the BMW, I forget who it was that said this, but one of the executives from BMW just said we basically developed this too late in the M3's life cycle. To okay. justify the cost of doing all that, because I think when they when they first brought the new body M three out, they did not plan on doing a wagon. So I see. Okay. So they basically kind of made this decision, you know, a year or two into its life, and by then it was too late. Yeah, they, they didn't think they would recoup the cost of of doing all that. Uh, the crash you know, I think over. had that thing come over and had it been in a manual form, I'd have been done. Oh. That's it. I'm sold. I'd have bought yeah. it. I'd have oh. bought that car. Hundred percent. I mean, I think this. I I think 
you know, it still obviously has the big snout, but yeah, I feel like the back end lends enough additional kind of visual mass to the car that it kind of balances out the front end a bit. Yeah. So for whatever, you know, I, I don't know if that's why, but the, the, the big front grill doesn't really bother me as much. Yeah. As much as it does on the sedan. That. Yeah. So interesting. I, yeah. I'm with you. Like if it, if they brought it over and it was a manual, I, man, it would be We're hard done, to resist, yeah. but there, <laughs> supposedly yeah. even good, the, good thing for our pocketbooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know if this is just in England or if this is all the European cars, but at least in England, all of them are all wheel drive and they're the yeah, top exactly. spec. And that makes so, sense. I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess the, that, that is uh, the, the culture, I guess, of the wagon at this point is it's expected. It is expected that, that those are all wheel drive, I guess. Yeah. And, and so if, you're going to do that in, in M3 guys, then yeah, it's basically like by default, it's, it's going to be a competition, yeah, it's, you know, it's um, true. you got the RS six and then the E63 S I, I, I don't know if all those are the, like the formatic or if there are some that are rear wheel drive, I'd have to look into that. I but, don't know either. It just, like, sure. I don't know where most that, of them. Are. Yeah. And, and I don't, I mean, obviously, like the first thought, which is just my, you know, perspective is with the Subaru Outback. Yeah. Like there's just this, you know, persona of the wagon that it, that it is a little bit more, you know, kind of like the um, cross Turismo um, yeah. versus the sport Turismo. Like the cross Turismo is kind of more the flavor of what I think a lot of people expect with like a, a wagon that maybe there's a little bit more cladding on it. Maybe right. it, and you're I getting it for more utility. You want like, broad yeah, I think so. It. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the word. It is a much more practical vehicle, um, for, you know, making a run to your hardware store or something versus an M3 right. uh, sedan or definitely a, an M4 coupe. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely on like the the usability spec farther, you know, into the usability spectrum than than those cars. And and I think it's just people here and, and I'm included in this, rightly or wrongly, but people hear all wheel drive and they think safer. You know, I'm yeah less likely to lose control in, in crappy conditions or whatever. Um when you know, in reality it's like get good winter tires and that'll beat you know, yeah. that'll Nine times out of ten, you're that's what you need rather yeah. than all those. And, and then you know, like it kind of depends also on your climate. I mean, for a lot mm-hmm. of people, because I had that, you know, Volkswagen GLI, mm-hmm. and I had, and that was so front wheel, front wheel drive, and I was coming out of an A4, and mm-hmm. I think I ran both of those all seasons, and yeah. then I was like, okay, that's not a good idea. And so yeah. I got snows and it got better. It definitely got better. Mm-hmm. But in our climate where, and that I, I think unfortunately, historically, that was like one of the worst snowy winters we'd had up here. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, yeah, there is, you know, in our climate, because we'll get these, I mean, I'm not talking Buffalo, New York snows, but we'll get, yeah. we'll get, you know, 10 to 12 inch, like big snows overnight. And at, that, and at that point, yeah, you want the all wheel drive is, 
is going to be dramatically helpful. But the snows well, especially are. If you, if you didn't grow up with it, like, like I didn't, like you, when you were learning to drive, like part of your driving education was driving and stuff like that. So that's part, that's part of like why the first thing I did when I, when I, uh, you know, came up to Minnesota was get an STI. <laughs> it's like, I need, I need all wheel drive, you know, you did the man map. Yeah. The yeah. solution is STI. STI. Let's yeah. <laughs> all wheel drive, but still fun. And then you were like, it needs to be lower. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this for snowy days and utility, <laughs> but also I'm going to, I'm going to ruin the utility of it. <laughs> It did do some battle with ice chunks. Yeah, yeah. Front, I lost. Front lip did some I replaced that front ice. lip at least twice. <laughs> yeah, we got good at swapping that thing out. We we're like a Formula One team, you know. Well, that was yeah, <laughs> with those like Rhino ramps in the garage. The funny thing yeah. was, man, I still remember like one of the times. It wasn't like it. It it was so cold out, and the plastic of that front <laughs> lip was so brittle that I hit like a chunk of ice in the road, and it literally just. It, it didn't. It didn't break the the bumper or like pull it off. It just snapped that piece where it hit off because <laughs> it was just so brittle yeah. at that point. Little bullet hole. It's like ninety, oh, you know, yeah. minus twenty out, and it just fractured <laughs> right, right at right at the point perfect, of impact. Perfect silhouette of the ice jump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's funny. In retrospect, it's funny. At the time, it's like, God damn it! <laughs> I know. Yeah. It cost me three hundred bucks to fix. Yeah. Uh, well, that's about it. We just wanted to touch on some of the fun cars that debuted at, at Festival Speed and, and um, kind of recap the Porsche show. But um, as I mentioned, we'll be back next week with uh, some discussion um, of Silverstone, um, which I'm sure will mm-hmm. be uh, a fun race. Uh, and then whatever else interesting happens in the car world between now and then. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add, buddy? No, that's great. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Blofeld Podcast. Be sure to uh, subscribe uh, and rate us on wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Podbean, etc. And until then, we'll see you next week.